Could be Santa's elf. Oh, 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 oh. I'm Santa's elf, and I welcome you. No. Okay. Hello, dear listener, and welcome to Cellulose Free. My name is Colin, and with me, as always, is my fellow film watcher, elf, and co-host and and thing, Thomas. Uh, hi. Hello. You're about as ready as I am. Yep. Yep. <laughs> what you been up to? Okay, so um, earlier today, I went and got my eyes tested, and what the optometrist told me was that the results were boring, because they were as close to exactly the same as the ones taken two years ago as you could possibly get. Good, so uh, you save us some money by not having to replace your glasses. Well... No, no, I've wasted money by not getting glasses. Ah, uh, yes, but our health cover would have paid mm. you for a basic set of glasses, but you, yes. you like to have the tinting mm. and the high-speed muffler bearings and things like that, so uh, <laughs> it still would have cost us money. Anyway, what else have um, you been up to? Advent of Code has continued on. And aren't you loving it? I am having a bad day about it today. Oh, um, oh if only I- you knew, dear listener. I had attempted to implement an optimization for today, day 15's second puzzle, and I seem to have made my program slower in the process. Good. Did that just before we went live here. So is that it's, what made you delay our recording? You suddenly had a brainwave that uh, makes absolutely everything better? So- some of it... No, no, I didn't. Oh, uh, okay. The slower version is still chugging away over in my room. <laughs> Good. And it might be finished in a couple of hours once we wrap here, but I doubt it. Right. Uh, I, I should have just ran the old code. It would have worked. <laughs> but yeah, done a bunch of things this week, uh, most of which haven't taken well over three hours to do. Most of which have taken well under half an hour to do. Today has not been good for me. <laughs> However, you did find time in the frustration and the struggle to add a couple of your Christmas tree decorations to our mighty fine, ultra-thin Christmas tree. It's certainly thin. It's very narrow. Yep. Yes. We only have a very small communal living area. <laughs> a, a small average per person communal living area yes <laughs> so space is at a premium so wendy went and ordered a narrow christmas tree that arrived mm. today so it's very narrow it's possibly six feet tall then we managed to wrap 50 meters of christmas lights around it yeah so, all of them are on there so it can now be seen <laughs> from the international space station <laughs> you thought it would be a problem when, yeah, when you started, well, look, and then this, this string of lights stretched way up the hallway and back, 
And we thought, no, this isn't going to fit. And Wendy says, yes, it will. And then by the power of things going round and round, taking up less space, it didn't take up that much space. No. And when I think about the large clump of lights uh, as it was wrapped, it should have made more sense to me. But once it was stretched out, it just (laughs) looked way too long. Anyway... So we, we've finally, apart from the blip of last week's podcast where we got into mm-hmm. the quote-unquote Christmas spirit, that's really been our only other foray into fala la 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 But we're going to make up for that, aren't we? Well, I don't know about <laughs> making up for it, but we're going to do something. Yes. As for my week, I had my eyes checked too. And I also dangerously uh, opened up an online bank account, as in a, a bank that doesn't have right. a bricks and mortar store. And it went off to a very bad start. Uh-huh. You know, you're meant to provide ID. Yep. And so I'm typing in this ID that is more automatically meant to check the lists and check it twice. And it did check it twice and couldn't come up with me existing. So I had to <laughs> then find other ID and go about it the old-fashioned way and get someone to make a copy of that ID and have someone sign it and then email that image of that signed piece of paper, which then promptly got lost as far as I can tell because no one got back to me and no one got it. Well, I finally bit the bullet and you know how I am with making telephone calls. Uh Finally made a telephone call and was on the phone for 50 minutes before someone answered. <laughs> this is not good. This is not good. 50 minutes of just the one piece of hold music on a loop. But I did finally get through to someone who was extremely polite and helpful and found the image that had slipped under a filing cabinet, a, a virtual filing cabinet, and said they will be on it straight away in the morning because it was six o'clock in Sydney. It is an Australian bank and I was speaking to a local and said, look, I'm awfully, awfully sorry, but they'll be on right away. Well, that account is finally open and I can move on. I need to shift some money from one account to this new account that has, I did a lot of research and found that this offered a quite reasonable interest rate, which mm-hmm. is pretty much non-existent with savings accounts these days. Speaking of interest rates, I suspect our dear listener yep. has no interest. <laughs> so let, let's just move on. We have a film to watch that I'm so excited about. I, so retention, right? Mm-hmm. Viewer retention. Right. We have Anchor, which throws stuff out to all sorts of podcast aggregators mm-hmm. and doesn't give us any retention statistics. No. At no, all. we have no idea. I guess it's probably hard with, yeah. with podcasts. It is difficult, yes. Uh, and then we have YouTube, which doesn't get enough views for us to get any <laughs> viewer retention statistics out of it. So... Don't know. Yeah. I don't know who is listening to which bits. We have a vague idea of how many people download mm-hmm. a podcast each week on Anchor. Because a lot of people have their podcast software that just mm. grabs it as soon as it comes. So it can't tell us whether someone actually listens to it. I, just, just they don't like it. I know it. how much of it people are listening to. I just don't know where. <laughs> With YouTube, yes you, yes, you can tell that. I suspect it's not 100%. Uh, 
No, no, it's not. No. I assure you it is not 100%. And I don't blame you, dear listener. Are you there? Hello? Hello? We have a film. We do. I, I think we're putting it off. <laughs> you picked this. I did. I would just like to say, for our final episode of the year, mm-hmm. I thought I'm building things up. I picked a classic Mm-hmm. in It's a Wonderful Life last yep. week and, and then... thought you can one-up that. I gave you the opportunity. Final episode of the year. Um, and what do you throw at us? Well, I sort of went sideways. Sideways? In, into something in the same vein, right. theme-wise. With 100% wise, more hand puppets. Mm, mm. Quality-wise, we'll see. This film is... It's a very Merry Muppet Christmas movie. That is the full title of the film. Is the description any longer? It is longer. Right. It is longer than that. And I'm going to read it. Good. I'm really frazzled. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're, yeah. we're, we're buzzed here. Mm. It's, it's, it's the year finale. <laughs> we're doomed. Doomed, <laughs> I say. Doomed. Tis the night before Christmas, and the Muppet Theatre is in danger of being torn down. And when bad goes to worse, Kermit begins to believe the world would be a better place if he'd never been born. But don't worry, with heavenly help and hilarious send-ups of just about every holiday movie ever made, Kermit and the Muppets discover what matters most is their love for each other. Hilarious. Mmm. So we're in for an hilarious treat. Thomas is going to put the disc into the machine. Oh, you've already done that. Yeah, I have. Okay, we're just going to hit the play button, watch this movie, and then we'll catch you on the flip side. Turn to side B. Again? I wish I'd never been born. Mongrel. So, what did you think? So... uh at the end of the last episode, even though it was entirely my fault... It was your fault. Uh, we were sort of bemoaning that we were going to go through <laughs> through with this. Yes. Um, it's not as terrible as we made it out to be. It's not good. Right. This is not a good film. No. But it's not as breathtakingly bad as last week's <laughs> uh, episode may have led you to believe. Uh, it's pretty bad. It is pretty bad. Uh, I think that I appreciated more the fact that this was a made-for-television production. So its budget was probably very, very short. Mm-hmm. And I think they got their money's worth. Yeah. It was filmed very, very well. Yep. The colours were crisp and it looked wonderful. Mm. But... It's such a Jekyll and Hyde film. It's got some moments of wonder. Mm-hmm. The single song, I guess, really. Mm-hmm. It actually has that bit of Christmas joy. Um, yes. But it's surrounded very much by some creepy nastiness and uncomfortable unpleasantness mm. that, yes, the Muppets have sort of delve into... Walking the line of adult humour territory, but there were some bits in this that were just smutty and felt icky, I guess. Yeah. Um, And and if it's not that, then it's jokes that don't work 
yep. three quarters of the time. Yep. And shoehorning as many. And that is also traditional of uh, the, the latter Muppet movies was getting as many big names in here. Well, apart from Whoopi Goldberg, really, you've got the cast of Scrubs. Yes. So it was very, very much of its time. Which I guess can be also said of the big movies, but this was a, a telly movie with telly show stars, big names mm. that uh, a lot of them are forgotten. And I don't know, it is just it, it it aimed big and it got big, but mm-hmm. big yeah. wasn't necessarily better. It, it yeah. was flat in so many places and and unpleasant in so many places. Yeah. And laying on thick those celebrity cameos is. Definitely a feature of Muppet movies yeah. going forward. Yeah, and, and maybe I'm being too harsh there as well, in that I was never a Scrubs fan, and there were also other cameos in there that I just didn't recognise. Um, mm. And so perhaps I was the wrong audience for it to begin with, but uh, I don't know. Just... Okay, would you like to hear about David Arquette? who played Danielle in this film. One of the many Arquettes. A professional wrestler. Is that right? Yes. Oh. Retired earlier this year, but was a professional wrestler for some years. Huh. Had the World Championship Wrestling Heavyweight Championship when there was a World Championship Wrestling. Good grief. Uh, Was that after this? Uh, no, this what, what was shortly was before this. Sorry, is he one of the Arquettes? The, uh, the, the, the yes, family yes, of he actors is one of the and... Arquettes, yes. Right, okay. My goodness. That, that is quite bizarre. Yeah. Um, one in a long line, though, of wrestlers turned actors, I guess. Mm. And, and he did a reasonable job. Oh, sorry, that was a loaded statement. Uh, mm-hmm. He did a reasonable job. He, he had a difficult job. But I think the main thing that that made me say he did a reasonable job was that he actually knew how to maintain eye contact with a Muppet. Mm -hmm. And my understanding is that can be very, very hard for a professional actor to do. The actor is down there. Eyes up here. <laughs> His interaction was believable, unlike the Steve Irwin uh, wannabe. Why? There are some parodies in this film that don't quite work, but this one especially doesn't work because it has nothing to do with Christmas. No, no. And, uh, okay, if they'd got Steve Irwin to do it, that but I can't remember timelines as to... Uh, so this was 2002. This, this, this was shot I, in 2001. Okay. It, <laughs> I can't remember when Steve Irwin... Uh, they, they wouldn't have parried uh, him if he wasn't... Yeah, okay. If they'd got him, okay, maybe it would have worked, but it was just appalling. It was really, really bad. Now, here is a completely out-of-the-blue thing that I read on the Wikipedia page, and... It's astonishing. So, I said this was filmed in 2001. Mm -hmm. This was filmed in early 2001 and released in 2002, near the end of 2002. So, first of all, wild, mm, huge gap between production and 
production wrapping up and actually putting it out there. Yeah. The Twin Towers are visible in this film. Oh, okay. Which is wild, and some people have joked about Kermit being responsible for 9-11. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. But that's a strange thing to happen. Yeah. I, I, I didn't see it, so I... No, I, it, it must have I been wasn't just paying attention, but... Sort of... Uh, yeah. Okay. Shot pre-9-11 <laughs> and released over a year later. Right. Which is a wild production schedule, but... Yeah. <laughs> go off. They got Mel Brooks, who, mm-hmm. who has had a long-standing interaction with the Muppets. If you don't recall, he's the scientist who... Attempts to perform a serambrachtomy on Kermit in the first Muppet movie. No, I don't recall. It's been a while. Yeah. I I think he has been in other ones as as well, Um, but he voiced the snowman narrator Mm. who who wasn't the narrator. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That that was pretty cool. But it was just a jumble. And again, it, it is the nature of the variability of how well the Muppets can maintain a movie that also maintains the Muppet show, I guess, structure. Mm. In, in that a whole bunch of skits throw them at the wall and hope that some of them stick and join up together to, to form a story. I'm still feeling in pain a bit, I, mm-hmm. I, but less... less Possibly than I was dreading this, there are certainly some redeeming features in it, but very few and far between. Here's some more interesting information. Mm -hmm. First of all, it's a Muppet film not currently owned by Disney. Yep. It's still under the auspices of NBC Universal. Mm -hmm. It's also the last Muppet film produced by the Jim Henson Company before the Muppets were bought up by Disney. Right. But again, it it wasn't a theatrical release either. So it was that realisation that makes me, I guess, a little more forgiving of -hmm. of it. But, yeah, I'm still pretty miserable. Um, Uh, I guess getting back to, uh, you've got got some other snippets there, but but it, 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 I rightly or wrongly think that possibly the strongest two Muppet movies mm-hmm. would be Muppet Treasure Island, yep, which has a story structure already there, yep. and they nailed it, yes. uh, their, their take on it. And they also did it with a Muppet Christmas Carol. Mm-hmm. It, in my opinion, is one of the best film versions of a Muppet Christmas Carol, which is ridiculous on paper, but it has the heart and soul of the story concept. Mm-hmm. And again, relying very heavily on a star performance there in both of those films. Yes. Tim Curry and Michael Caine. Michael Caine. But just one, mm. one main character. Sorry, that's that's un- a bit unfair on uh, the guy who played Jim Hawkins, because I think yes. uh, that film... <laughs> film very much benefited from and i can't remember the, the guy's name i used to to know the the actor who went on to have a comedy show on british tv who who got it treated terribly in the release of that film by i'm not sure who to to blame but very little mention of him but a pivotal character in that film kevin bishop kevin bishop yep but both of those films had the underpinnings already there and it was their take on it. 
whereas this thing, it risks very, very, very heavily on It's a Wonderful Life, mm. but possibly got all of the things that that film didn't quite get right. The pacing in places of It's a Wonderful Life gets slow, um, mm-hmm. and, and it happens when the angel appears, and mm-hmm. it happened here. Did, did you feel that as well? Maybe. It sort of hit a stop and then mm. ramp, ramps up again. I carefully avoid the Muppet movie, the, the thing that started their theatrical release style. I absolutely love that film, but I think a lot of that is pure nostalgia rather than it being an incredibly well-made film. It is very thin in places, but also beautiful in places. It still has that innocence. I I, I hate using that word with the Muppets because they still are walking a line of entertaining as wide an audience as possible and that certainly happens you know the the concept of eating frog's legs is (laughs) pretty ghastly i love the muppet movie very much so but i think a lot of that is nostalgia's sake Uh, i I still feel the feelings that i had when i sat in the cinema for the first time watching that and the whole hype with the the songs you know the rainbow connection having a deaf choir attend our high school and perform Rainbow Connection using Australian Sign Language. It's got all of these sort of memories connected to it. Sorry, I've yeah. sort of wandered off um, crazily there. In films that we might get to at some point, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll probably get to the Muppet movie. Yes. We might get to The Muppets, which is an interesting one to bring up. Because <laughs> it's, uh, it's the film in, that in, we just watched. Yeah. Um, in a lot of ways. The Muppets wiki over on Fandom, has a article dedicated solely to similarities between this film and 2012's The Muppets. Right, yeah. 26 points of similarity uh, it lists, including that Whoopi Goldberg appears in both. <laughs> so this, this is basically the equivalent of the film that we watched today, a very merry Muppet Christmas movie, is to... Star Wars A New Hope, mm-hmm. as The Muppets is to Star Wars The Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Except that there's more of a quality disparity yeah. with The Muppets. <laughs> uh, I, yes, I very, very much need to watch The Muppets again, because I, I really don't have any strong memories of it. No, The Muppets again is The Muppets Most Wanted. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Leave me alone. <laughs> Spoilers for that joke that's at the start of that film. Indeed. Apart from all that, you do have a couple of notes. Do you? Yeah. Oh, see, <laughs> there were a couple of times where I thought, oh, I really shouldn't make a note of that. In the Fozzie running the money segment, mm-hmm. which is playing off Billy running the money yep. in uh, It's a Wonderful Life. Yep. Uh, at the very end of that, after he's been through all of the lasers, <laughs> he puts the bag down mm-hmm. and Bitterman empties the bag. And for the longest time, I had been operating under the memory that the clock that she turns around to face Fozzie was in the bag. But no... No, it was on her desk. It was just a clock on her desk the whole time. Oh, good grief. You thought that, did you? Yeah. Okay. Well, at least that was what was 
in my memory as having happened. But it's, it's clearly one that's been on her desk the whole time because it has the Bitterman logo across right. the top of it. During that scene, the thought that I was having is I'm loving the smoke coming off and out of Fozzie. There was actually yes. a spot where definitely there was smoke being pumped into where the poor Muppet operator's hand would have been. <laughs> it was also filling with smoke, allowing it to seep out. But there was one particular hole that very much seeped out this smoke from Fozzie's head. So, yes, that, that, that scene had an effect on me for other reasons. Right. Yes. The boss's infinite stack of records mm-hmm. is a good joke. Yes. Performing miracles for dummies yes. is a good joke. Yep. There's some good jokes between the boss and Danielle. Mm. And very much in those scenes, Whoopi Goldberg can very easily fall into the trap of just phoning it in. And she didn't do that here. No. Uh, and my recollection was that she did, but I think she did a did a decent job of carrying those scenes. Corporate synergy. Uh, <laughs> Kermit lifts his foot up, and there's the NBC logo. The Muppets really like to bite the hand that feeds them oh, yeah. from time to time. Don't yeah, they? Absolutely. You not being born has transformed ninety percent of network television into reality shows. <laughs> Which that is frightening, isn't it? Which sounds like a terrible, terrible thing to have happened, and that has definitely happened here in Australia. Oh, yep. I don't know how it is in the rest of the world, but the government um, uh, makes makes quotas makes quotas for Australian produced television production, um, and those requirements of, of what that actually needs to be has been whittled away and whittled away and whittled away. We used to have such a wonderful children's television production on, um, on multiple stations. TV Tonight, uh, which is a blog that does all sorts of content on Australian television, put out an article earlier today uh, which says that between last year and this year, the government did a bunch of things with quotas yes. in the past year because of the pandemic, uh, children's content on Australian television has halved yeah. in the last year. Um, our animation studios have been decimated because there was a lot of Australian children's animation mm. being done and, and some very good work. And the ones that haven't been decimated are doing contract work for Hollywood movies. Yeah. Sorry, as I interrupted you, mm. where you were heading was that those quotas have been very much taken up. Right, it's got to be Australian-produced content. Let's do some more. It's cheap. We can do it for cheap. Yeah. We can give what looks like big prizes. Reality. But, but the rest... Television. Very cheap. Reality. Um, and, and well over half of it is relationship shows. Uh, exploitative relationship shows it, that yeah yeah it's uh, and the vibe that i get is that it's pretty much a worldwide thing now mm. is that okay this is cheap to make people watch it for some reason and so we'll keep making it yeah. because it, it gets the advertising dollars but it's not got to sting us 
huge amounts of money to make. Drama's expensive, apparently. Yeah. And finally, let's poke holes in this bad movie. So Kermit hasn't been born, but the Muppet movie is canonical, because <laughs> we have Hopper's frog legs. Yes, yep. And so none of the Muppets should be be anywhere near this town because they were scattershot all over the US. Yes. Yeah, why how why they are all they ended all up. here? Yes. Here in a pre-9-11 New York. I, I cannot explain it. Yeah, because that, that whole road trip brought them all there. First of all, they all get taken to Los Angeles and then they take Manhattan. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go to Hollywood. And that, I think, other than noting that back in the Fozzie sequence, that hard-of-hearing joke is bad. Yes. That's that's not just a bad joke. That is a mm. bad joke. It's yeah, a yeah. joke you shouldn't do. No, no. And I, th- I think that gets back to the, the sliminess and the... It, it is so not politically correct... There are so many things that they could not do or wouldn't choose to do even that are in here. Making fun of accents and making fun of disabled people and the the blatant sexism uh, as mm. well. It's just weird how, yeah. That's everything. That is everything. That's all I've got. Okay. If, if you've got nothing else. I've got nothing else. Great. Um, mm. We can't recommend this film. No, no, and um, it's, <laughs> when it comes down to it, uh, people are unlikely to be able to watch it anyway. Mm, so it's it's an interesting case study. Who chose this film? I I did because it was an in, I thought it was going to be an interesting case study, and it was. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, um, and just, but we only barely touched on its its a wonderful life underpinnings. Mm. Which were very, very thick. It was slathered on hard. They shouldn't have bothered. <laughs> slathered on hard, but coated in everything else. Yeah. I should say, I have picked a bad movie here, mm-hmm. and I will do it again if I think it will make for an interesting podcast. Ooh, all oh, them's fighting words. Anyway. Well, all right, well, let's move on then. The following segment is sitting on my head. Please get off my head. What have we got? Here we are in the untitled segment. Entwasfrashu. Mm-hmm. Um, Hi there. Uh, yes, yes, you can expect very deep lore from this non-fiction podcast. <laughs> uh, thank you for your love for the seasonally appropriate theme, uh, <laughs> which I did up in a, a few hours. Yes. Um, thank you. I'm, I'm glad... I'm glad it got acknowledged because I, mm. I loved it. When out of the blue, I got sent the file <laughs> and, and, and press play. I thought, I oh, th- that's that's the, cool. The only inkling you would have had of it before I sent you the file uh, was me coming into this room and saying, okay, so I, I have my door open, my digital audio workstation open, and and I've been arranging some things in MuseScore and porting the MIDI over, and I haven't put in any of the instruments yet except for sleigh bells. That's right. <laughs> and and because <laughs> and I mean, I've ah, put the sleigh bells in, yes. all the instruments are sleigh bells. Hundred percent more sleigh bell. Yeah. 
Uh, Antoine Serato also says that your Jimmy Stewart is better than your Santa. <laughs> oh, ouch. Oh, that, that's really hard. I, I'm very, very rusty at both. Um. <laughs> as far as talking about last week's movie... Hang on, can I just go back and, and yeah. qualify something here? I guess it's it's Christmas time, so I can get slightly religious here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I... I I served a Mormon mission for two years, which was an experience in and of itself. But I, I was a bit of a, which is, and, and this story gets really odd because I have a real aversion to using telephones. Mm-hmm. But because of some of the things that I had to do on my mission, there was a lot of using telephones, calling other missionaries to find out how they're going and mm-hmm. what they need and, and things like that. So I'd use the telephone quite a bit. And occasionally, I would put on an impersonation of the person who was in charge of this mission. He was called the mission president. And I actually did a fairly good impersonation of him. Uh, Enough that it would (laughs) throw these other missionaries on the phone as to, uh, okay, president. um, And... (laughs) And and yes, I, I I got into a bit of trouble, and and it was, but I was quite notorious for my presidential uh, impersonation. Uh, the reason I mention this is that he sounded quite a bit like Jimmy Stewart. Right. So, what you were hearing last week is this hybrid, <laughs> I guess, of of my Jimmy Stewart, uh, President Nash, who passed away earlier this year. No, <laughs> the last two years are, are very, very muddy. What you were hearing last week was this hideous hybrid <laughs> of, of me getting impersonations really badly messed up. So, Right. As for my Santa, that's heavily based on... No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> that's heavily based on stereotype. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I should point out, it freaked the cat out when, uh, yeah. <laughs> whenever I do a ho ho ho, the cat runs a mile. So, anyway, as far as the actual movie, uh, Antoine Sfratu says that he doesn't think he's ever seen "It's a Wonderful Life" all the way through because mm-hmm. uh, it is quite a long movie. It is quite a long movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Antoine Sfratu continues that the movie that was on TV constantly and got watched all the way through when he was growing up. And we'll probably get to this some Oh, year. hang on, hang on. Let me guess, because I have, I have not seen... The, did you send me this? I did send you this. So, see, none of this is... The problem is, all of this week... <laughs> I should warn you, my wife does not have her own Facebook account mm. or Messenger account. Mm-hmm. Yep. And suddenly she's got various responsibilities that people send messages to her uh, her via my my Facebook Messenger. And so if she opens them up. Ah. Yeah. That would do it. Um I'm not saying that yeah. <laughs> it, it's it's not not a very Private and and we're we're familiar with this. We we don't hold yeah. private conversation or anything like that on on Messenger, um, but I suspect that's that's what ha- what has happened. Right. She's opened up Messenger. It's registered that it's been seen, and then I haven't 
seen it. Well, then. Oh, so, so this is all, all new, but I'm going to guess mm-hmm. uh, A Christmas Story. A Christmas Story. Oh. A, a film that we will get to one of whose You'll years. shoot your eye out. That is what Entuos Frashu says immediately <laughs> following. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, <laughs> okay, whilst we're on the theme of uh, being on missions, another insight into the weird world of Mormon missions. For those two years, you don't go to the cinema. You don't watch no. television. You're meant to be devoted to all of this missionary work. At Christmas time, people tend to be very accommodating with inviting missionaries to, to Christmas dinners because mm-hmm. you're away from your families and, and things like that. And so you, you're invited to these big family gatherings and you've got kids in the background who are watching television and you try to avoid those things. But that is... The very first time I was exposed to A Christmas Story. Right. And I was absolutely fascinated. I thought, wow. And it it was something that I tracked down as soon as I got home um, because I, I hadn't seen it before. I, don't, I can't remember what year it came out. 1983. 83. Yeah, so I was first exposed to it because I don't think it was really... Don't know whether it got a, a theatrical release here or not, but it certainly was being shown on television at Christmas time in 1988. So that that was my first exposure to it. Uh, small glances of it, or long. All right, I will confess I saw most of it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, sitting stuffed full of Christmas dinner. Yeah, I love it. Definitely on the shelf. Yes, and something for another year. Yes. <laughs> um, that's about it, Okay. Actually. Cool. Well, thank you for that, that input for mm-hmm. our final episode of the year. Uh, we're grateful for, for everybody's input through the, throughout the year, and it's, it's been great to respond to. You have provided additional editing work. You have. <laughs> oh, this is getting hideously long, too. All right, then. So we'll move on. Pick a film for next week. So we can go to bed. So it is your turn. Right, it is. But you do have an option here. Do I? It's the end of the year. It is. You could leave us on a cliffhanger. I could. But we could lose audience. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and and also the cliffhanger will be immediately resolved by the title of the next episode. Indeed. So, no, look, I'm going to r- randomly grab something that may change. It's going to be three long weeks between now and our next recording. long weeks. Which is to say we will miss the next two weeks and then at the end of the third week we will record. Yeah. And uh, I should also point out that we've had a production meeting and we've decided to swap roles. Thomas is going to be editing this every week and I'm going to get a MIDI keyboard out and (laughs) come up with tunes and and do the cover art. So so I'm glad that we had that meeting. Yeah, yeah, that, that meeting that happened before now. Yes, it was a good meeting. Yep. A goodly meeting. This is definitely a premeditated joke. 
and <laughs> no, no, definitely just... was not planned in advance. <laughs> I just came up with it then. Um, <laughs> Sorry, definitely what was premeditated wasn't planned in advance. What, what, what... <laughs> I'm confused. I'm frazzled. Yeah, so am I. Let's, we, we need to wrap yeah. up. So let's. Yeah. let's uh, where is the flag that I'm looking for? Okay, so I'm going to cut all of that out. I'm going to select a film that will be the film that we will watch in the new year. So it'll keep you on the edge of your seat waiting for this incredible episode. I'm giving my phone a shake. Okay. No, I'm not going to take that one. Oh. Yeah, well, it's in one of those categories that you don't seem to get much out of. Which feels like a, a weak premiere. Yeah. No, not that one either. <laughs> All right. Uh, are you realising that a lot of your list is... No, 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 no. I, uh, there's a whole heap of things that are influencing that, that we, we do want a, a good season opener. Mm. Okay. This film... Uh-huh. Was released in 1985. Okay. So before I was born. Somewhat. Yeah. It stars Jonathan Price. Okay. <laughs> Have you watched Tales from the Loop? I've watched a bit of this. Okay. I, the, I, the, I should get back to it at some point. All right. Well, that's not very helpful then. Um, it's the older guy in that, but he wasn't right. as old. Okay. <laughs> well, well, then it's not helpful, is it? <laughs> okay. It is directed by Terry Gilliam. Okay. That narrows things It does, down. yeah, which I was going to try and <laughs> which, avoid to do. Which means that we're going to watch a film with production woes. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. So, this is the description. Uh-huh. It's only a state of mind. Jonathan Price stars as Sam Lowry in this surrealistic spectacle about a daydreaming bureaucrat trapped in a future dystopia where love is forbidden from interfering with efficiency. Buzz? Hmm? Is this Brazil? It is indeed Brazil. I'll go on with the description. But with the help of an underground superhero, Robert De Niro... <laughs> <laughs> and a beautiful mystery woman, Kim Greist, Sam learns to soar to freedom on the wings of his untamed imagination, or so he thinks. Acclaimed filmmaker Terry Gilliam directs with an acerbic wit and poet's eye that dazzles like never before in glorious high definition. Because this is a film that you have upgraded to Blu-ray. It is indeed. So, Brazil... Brazil. Mm, could be fun. I believe this is a double listing, as in it is ah, on yes. both our lists. It is indeed. I want to revisit, and you have marked as interested. Because I've not seen it. Which I figured will make for a good New Year's opening. Speaking of New Year's opening, we hope lots of people attend, <laughs> including all of our dear listeners. And until then, we hope that you all have a merry festive season, that you... Uh, safe and you get to i don't know <laughs> this is all going hideously bad it was it was going so well it was wasn't it and that have a safe and happy season but until then we'll catch you next time bye you have been listening to cellulose free your hosts were colin who produces and edits the show and thomas 
who makes the artwork and music. Cellulose Free is recorded in the Deranged Cat Studios in scenic Tasmania, Australia. We keep track of our extensive physical media collection through My Movies, which we highly recommend. You can find links to that, as well as other places you can find us in the show notes. Cellulose Free is a High Hello production. Okay, are you ready? Sure. Oh, is that front door open or closed? Yes. (laughs) Good, good. (laughs) Helpful question. Yeah. It's closed. Yeah, yeah, I heard. Good. Excellent. Levels, levels. I closed it. You did. I can tell. Good. Good. Door's closed. Yep. All right. Let's do this. You right? Yeah. You still with us? Yeah, yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah.